Previate, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Uh, me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. Dan, what was that all about? What do you mean? Well, you said something, I didn't understand what it was. A previate? Yes. It's, it's Russian for hello. Is there a reason why you are speaking pidgin Russian? Uh, well, yes, um, because today... On the turntable this week, actually, I should say, it's Tattoo with their debut album, 200 kilometers per hour in the wrong lane. Uh, this was the first album, kind of, by Tattoo. Uh, I say kind of because this was the English language version of an album which had already been released, uh, which was 200 Povreshnoi. Hmm, almost as good as your French. <laughs> Which was released the year before. So this album, 2,000 kilometres an hour in the wrong lane, was 2002. And the uh, Russian language one came out in 2001. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Tattoo today. Mm. Interesting couple of ladies. Yes. Uh, with a very interesting history. Absolutely. Uh, but where are they now? Well, um, I do like to keep tabs on them, to be quite honest with you. Um and I do believe that they went off and did solo ventures. I think they got back together a couple of times for anniversaries and whatnot. I think they slagged each other off in the press. I think one said homophobic comments. So um, oh, I can't wait for the film, for the Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody-esque film, uh, All About Us, the tattoo story. Uh, and it will be, yes, it will be generating awards buzz, I'm sure, since um, that's now the thing. I wonder what other uh, film adaptations of famous singers are now to come our way since... Uh, Freddie Mercury and Elton John in particular have been immortalised to good success this year. I mean, there are so many artists, aren't there, with incredible story. I mean, uh, Fleetwood Mac, even ABBA, you know, this Mamma Mia is huge, but it's not about ABBA, so that would be a fantastic story. The divorces and the couple. Anything you'd particularly like to see? Uh, Adele, the movie. To be honest, there is a, a, a Channel 5 documentary about it that I watched the other day. Just, you know when it gets stuck on the TV, yeah. you can't turn it over. Uh, it was quite good. Or did you get gum on your channel or your number five button and you just <laughs> press down? The, actually, to be honest, the remote was too far away and I couldn't be bothered to get up. So, uh, a little bit about me there. After watching Neighbours. Uh, yes. I'll tell you a good place if you want Neighbours spoilers. Do you tell? Digital Spy. Oh. Yeah. Very, po- very popular by all accounts. I'll save that tab. Anyway, we're not trying to fill time here today by any means, because uh, there's lots to talk about with Tattoo, so um, we will get stuck in quite quickly. Uh, so Tattoo are uh, Lena Katina and Julia Volkova, uh, Russian singers, uh, who were part of a children's music group originally. Mm. Uh, and they uh, joined forces with producer, director, manager Ivan Shapovalov. Uh, who stayed with them for a little while. He anyway. sounded like uh, Doc Cotton trying to pronounce the name of the owner of the laundrette just then. <laughs> Miss, do, can you remember the name of the owner of the laundrette? Uh, oh, God. Mr. Popolopolis. Popolopolis. Mm. Snuffleopagus. <laughs> Sesame Street. We're borderline racist now. No, no, no. You don't, I don't know. What, what is he? Uh, Greek. No, the Snuffleopagus from Sesame Street. Oh, is that what he was doing? <laughs> Let's talk about tattoo. Yeah, let's uh, let's move swiftly on. So we're going to talk about two thousand kilometers now in the wrong lane today, which was a big album back in two thousand and two. I mean, everyone remembers when they first saw or heard about a tattoo, don't they? That iconic video of them dressed as schoolgirls, and as is now um, expected of you, you've come today 
wearing the schoolgirl outfit, which is just attention to detail. I know, and it's a shame we haven't got a webcam set up here. I know. But you did say yours is for personal use only. Uh, so this, this, the way they emerged, particularly in the UK at the time, it was, I wouldn't say controversial, but it was certainly unexpected. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, it created the sort of uproar that they wanted it to create. Mm. And, you know, later we found, I don't many people probably didn't believe at the time, but later we found out that they weren't actually a couple. Schoolgirls. Oh, or a couple. <laughs> or Russian. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were from uh, Simon Fuller's Hit Factory, from uh, Spice Girls to S Club to... Yes. Uh, Both based in Wakefield, actually. Yeah, Susan and... Uh, <laughs> Jessica. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, it, they were certainly very challenging at the time, very provocative. Yeah. Certainly got a few dads are hot under the collar. For all the wrong reasons. Mm. Uh, so, but I think the reason why we're talking about it today was because the music was so good. It was really, really, really good. And I think this, if I remember correctly, this wasn't on our long list, which is... Longer than... What's long? Uh, longer than a, uh, than a uh, Mariah Carey tour rider. <laughs> However, I just so happened to pop it on one day and realise that it's just a fantastic album. And I said to you, please, Will, please, can we have Tattoo on the long list? And you politely obliged. So, and here they are. Uh, I think we should... It's a short album, actually. It is for us. It is for us. However... There are longer versions available. So basically, you know what we're like. We're very strict with uh, deluxe editions and whatnot. To be quite honest, we've altered our rules a little bit because on the normal version of this album, you've got some remixes and some Russian versions of the songs. We're not here to talk about additional versions of songs. So we're just going to play the uh, English versions uh, up to track eight today. But do not fear, we've got some further listening down the line. As ever. So let's get stuck in. Side one, track one. This is not going to get us. energizing way to start uh, the album. Absolutely. I think it would have been so easy to open with all the things you said because it's it's kind of really nicely built track. It starts quite gentle, but I think this is a fantastic open. It's got that drum intro. Um, it really is quite gloomy. It, it's that big budget production that you've got from Trevor Horn there on production through this album, the absolute icon Trevor Horn. And that was, I think when this came out, the production in particular was singled out as being very powerful, very good, very impactful. Absolutely. And not only that, let's not forget their vocals are fantastic as well. Really incredible vocals from the girls. And it does make you sit up and realise, if you give them a chance, that actually, as vocalists, as performers, as show women that they're very talented. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would love to see some sort of comeback at some point from Tattoo when, the, when they've let things settle down a bit, maybe. And, the, you know, all the, the sort of the, sh- the, the show of them being a couple is put to bed, so to speak. And for them to just come back and put on a fantastic show uh, with a huge live band and just, you know, perform these fantastic pop songs live. 
And this did really well. It was internationally a hit record. Australia, all across Europe, uh, the States, uh, and in the UK it got to number seven. So yeah, this was single number two, wasn't it? It was. It was preceded by the the big track, which we'll get to, or all the things she said. And do you remember the music video for this one? I can't remember this one. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were driving along in a massive uh, lorry uh, down what I would assume to be a Russian uh, motorway. Lots of snow and ice around, I seem to think. Uh, almost like that Final Destination 2 film that's on the motorway where the... Oh, remember that one? Horrible pilot. Oh, wasn't it awful? Uh, this was... I think this sounds... Uh, again, it's Trevor Horn's epic production, but it sounds very dramatic, very tense... You know, you can almost imagine like a escape happening, as as would probably be depicted in the video. Yeah, and with that title alone, not going to get us. You do imagine them running away, don't you? Uh, and amongst the writers um, in this, as well as as Horn Ivan, who was their manager slash producer slash writer, um, and I guess the man, the the brains behind the outfit, also was co-writing on this one. Yes, I think he had quite a big hand in the whole project, really. Right, track two then. Let's, yeah, let's get on with it. So track two is All the Things She Says. that was all the things she said that was the first I ever heard of Tattoo and I was immediately captivated again not by the saucy lesbian schoolgirl image but by the fantastic song yeah it is an amazing song I think actually do you know what it's difficult to look back now and think did I hear the song first or did I see the video first because I think back then I would watch video channels oh this was at the peak the box was what I used to watch and it was always on there the video was very Provocative, quite racy, uh, and there was a lot of hoo ha about it at the mm. time because it was basically depicting effectively underage lesbian schoolgirls mm. uh, copping off with each other. And they didn't stop there either because do you remember they did a live performance? No, I'm sorry, <laughs> that was very bad phrasing on my part. They did a live performance of this at some sort of MTV Awards dressed in their schoolgirl outfits and then they had running from the back of the auditorium hundreds of schoolgirls all running on stage I can't remember what was going on when they got on the stage but you know they were really kind of really really hammering it home really winding Mary Whitehouse up with that one mm. and all those dads that were hot under the collar mm. uh, but this was brilliant Trevor Horn again producing and again you can tell it's him I think we've talked about Trevor Horn in the past and how how great he is. I read a great uh, feature with him in the, one of the recent, most recent classic pop magazines. Yes. He was man. highlighting some of his favourite tracks. You're still getting that because I th- really thought I'd cancel the subscription. <laughs> it's a bit awkward. It was a bit of a, a, bit of a tight month this It was month. a lovely birthday treat. Uh, three years Two ago. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> Six months, wasn't it meant to be? Yeah, but you're worth it. Oh. And there's nothing going on. No, no, no. It's all about magazines. But you know, just when you, you said we've talked about Trevor Horn, I'm actually trying to rack my brains. I don't know if we have talked about Trevor Horn yet. We've touched upon him. <laughs> well, he has just 
about work with everyone, hasn't he? He's created his sound is um, synonymous with many bands' careers. Um, Frankie goes to Hollywood and Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Work with Pet Shop Boys, his own band, The Buggles, and then on to Tattoos and and beyond. He's currently doing his uh, '80s synth thing, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's doing some stuff in his own right at the moment. Um, this song, I'm just I've just had had a look at this the performance of this song, and it's literally again worldwide hit ones and twos and an odd three across the board. So to say this did well uh, is an understatement. I mean, when I think of this time, 2003, I think we're talking, aren't we? 2002. Oh, one off. Wouldn't have got me the point, though, would it? The, yeah, this song is so synonymous. I'd say it was, if I was to make a, a mixtape of 2002 or even the early 2000s, this song would be in there. Right. Shall we move on? Let's move on to track number three now, which is Show Me Love. Girls and girls, but you're the one Like a game of fake-up sticks Played by fucking lunatics That was Show Me Love, and I guess a theme is starting to emerge. Absolutely. Lyrically, you mean? Lyrically. <laughs> well, lyrically, but also in the production, that I think every song so far has really pursued this very high energy, powerful, desperate kind of style to it. Yeah. Like Forbidden Love, clandestine phone calls in this song. And that first, the best part of that first minute is that phone call, and the most annoying thing about it is it's in Russian, so I've not got. A I, I, clue thought what tra- I, thought, I thought you translated it. I did, but it's not really fit for track by track. Oh really? Why mm. not? It's a little bit saucy. We have we put an explicit content warning on this podcast, don't we? Because of your filthy mouth, <laughs> potty mouth. <laughs> it's a little bit too racy. We'll say we'll say no more. This was meant to be the third single uh, to be released. But it was uh, replaced by another track, which we will come on to talk about instead. What I do like about this one is, well, in comparison to the other ones, I should say, there definitely is, as you said, there's a theme and there's a definite sound to this album that carries throughout it, even though that Trevor Horn hasn't produced this one. And this one is actually um, co-produced by Robert Orton, who's worked with Gaga and Carly Rae Jepsen, Lana Del Rey and all sorts of people. They've got a very distinct sound, but it's also very different as well. All the things you said is almost quite grungy and built up mainly of guitars. This one uh, begins very um, broken down with just those synth sounds. Cynthia's nickname. (laughs) She's put on a schoolgirl's outfit this week. (laughs) She's a bit old for it. She does look like she's after a school disco at the local uh, social club. Oh dear. Bless her. And yeah, Not Gonna Get Us is very percussive. So I, I, I like that it, it is a, the sound of Tattoo, but it's, uh, it's, each track is quite unique as well. Track number four now, and this is how long it takes you to put your face on in the morning. <laughs> Half my face. 30 minutes. Decide 30 minutes to whisper your name 
fantastic time to talk about the incredible album artwork. How did I know that was coming? It's the slowest moment on the album and you can't just enjoy it for what it is, can you? No, but I have to say, just as a double blow, mm-hmm. I, I'm i not a big fan of this album artwork. That That is... I've never said that before. No, that is a first. Or I've never said that out loud before. It's taken you over 50 episodes to not like the album artwork. It's a little bit basic for my liking. Mm. I think the photo isn't the best showcase of the girls. Um, I don't like how overexposed it is. Um, I think they're on a motorbike or a moped or a scooter or something. But it's impossible to... Or Vespa. Uh, I don't like the font. uh, And I don't like the capital T in the middle of the neck. It's just way off for me. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Actually, do better. Right. Well, have you looked at the, any of the other girls' other album artworks? Uh, yeah, I have to say that their album artwork for the second album it isn't that good either. In fact, <laughs> I could put together better on Photoshop myself. Or MS Paint. Well, yeah, it's very basic. And I don't know why. When the music is so good and the production values are so strong in terms of the music and the whole image... What's going on with the album artwork? Mm. Well, I don't know what to say. What I do know, though, is uh, the name Tattoo. And I think part of the reason why the middle A and T are capitalised is because Tattoo it stands for... It's translated to something like, this girl loves that girl. And I think just how it translates in Russian means is why it's, there's capitals in the middle there. That's why you could, you could, you've got um, free reign to bung a capital T in the middle. Yeah. But uh, as for the song, it is, it's the slowest song. The mo- it's it's the slowest moment of the album, and I think I think it's nice to have a bit of a breather because we are going to go into some bangers now. So do you know what? Should we just get into them? Let's get into it. So this is track number five now, and how soon is now? How soon is now? First things first, two absolute legends were at the heart of this song originally. Absolutely, yes. Johnny Marr and Morrissey, aka Smiths. The, I have to say as well, I, I, I think some Smiths purists aren't a fan of this cover. And I, I completely understand that, and I hear you because uh, if you're a Smiths fan, if you're a Smith fan, <laughs> you. Uh, very devoted to Morrissey. I think if you think about fan bases, has a very dedicated fan base. Very, very committed. But also, I do think there are a portion of them, myself included, and it's difficult nowadays more than ever to say you're a Morrissey fan because he is turning into uh, a difficult Quite character. Quite an unpleasant individual. Yes, bit of a quite a nasty piece of work actually. And it's, um, uh, we're pained to say that, aren't we? I. Love Morrissey. Well, let me rephrase that. I love Morrissey's music and I love a lot of his values, but there are certain things that are reported as being said, I should say, that I'm not sure I can get on board with. But I have to say, I have Tattoo to thank for getting into Morrissey and the Smiths. This was my entry point of of their music. So thank you, uh, girls, for that. Can I just put something out there? Yes. I think we should do a Smiths episode. Of track by track. I, I'd absolutely love that. 
Listeners, let us know what you think at Move to Trash UK. Are we crazy? Oh, there's the police comes to take you away. The pop police. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that a crazy idea to do a Smiths episode? I mean, what next? Slipknot? Corn? Well, I think the whole... What we're here to do is cover music. Pop music is a very broad church. And for some people, it's the Smiths. And for other people, it's Danny Minogue. And for us, it's... Both. It's everything. And, and everything, everything. And I think what gives that valid... What's that word I'm trying to say? Val- validation? Yes. Is that the Smiths... One half of the writing duo of the Smiths, Johnny Marr, has gone on to work with Pet Shop Boys and therefore Girls Aloud, I believe. Yeah, with Xenomania. So actually, why on earth wouldn't why wouldn't we talk about where he came from? Um, but I think this is a fantastic cover. I, I think the energy that's in this song is actually a real um, a tip of the hat to the original. And well done, by the way, for shoehorning Xenomania into this week's episode. It's not always easy, but I managed to do it. <laughs> So back to the tattoo uh, cover of this track. Um, I think it was it had a mixed reception, but I think in terms of the other people that have covered this song, it was acknowledged as probably being one of the better cover versions of this song. Because it is one of the band's most loved songs. It's a you know it's a real epic. The original version's six minutes long. It's it's you know very downbeat. There's that line about there's a club. If you'd like to go, you could meet somebody who really loves you. So you go and you stand on your own and you leave on your own and you go home and you cry and you want to die. It's like you were heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Not for a couple of years. But what I think as well is that it completely fits the tone of this album. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And they've made it, they've really made that song their own. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) you haven't said that for a couple of weeks. (laughs) Because I'm Louis Walsh now. (laughs) Uh, This was... Uh, I don't mind it. I quite like it. Oh, and of course I forgot. We haven't talked about an anniversary this week. Last week marked... 16th... Oh, drum roll for your tenuous link. <laughs> so last week marked 16 years since this was released as a single. 16 years. So someone who was born on the week that this song was released could now... Lose their virginity. I was going to say buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> I'll do both. <laughs> what a night. Oh. <laughs> winner, winner. And then a chicken dinner. <laughs> Get down KFC. This is track number six. And it's called Clowns, brackets, Can You Save Me Now? See Me Now. <laughs> it's called Clowns, Can You Save Me Now? See Me Now. <laughs> it's called Clowns, Can You See Me Now? with a vengeance uh, horn is back horn is back and for me he's got the so- raging horn <laughs> disgusting <laughs> he's almost put together the best bits of uh, the other tracks he worked on the first couple of songs um, and put them together because it's how many I mean how many times we listen to the whole song there as we always do of course how many times did I say I love this song 
There were so many peaks in the album, it's like going along the Himalayas. It was like a Pavlova. For me, this song is very Lady Gaga. I think Born This Way era Lady Gaga. The the electronics, the really hard hitting, the, the guitar that kind of just comes in it when there's a silence. There's a fantastic breakdown. I'm not saying Gaga's had a breakdown, but between the... Uh, first chorus and the second verse is fantastic electronic breakdown and then as it, the song ends it just keeps building and building and building and all these new layers are added to it and then you just think I can't take anymore when's this going to end and then finally oh the release thank goodness for that would you say it's your favourite track on the album I think I would and I think I said that about not going to get us earlier or maybe I said it I preferred it to all the things she said but this I think for me it's also it's just over three minutes long so it's a very compact pop song but with Trevor Horn there We've already said these fantastic vocals, their own sound. I just think it's a it's a, a piece of art, masterpiece. It's, it's a real piece of work, and it must be very hard for Trevor Horn to 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 kind of cut these 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 epic, what feel like real labors of love for him down to like a radio edit of between three and four minutes. Mm. But he's done it. He's yeah, he's he's so good. Track number seven now. This is Magic Gay. And I apologise if that's an incorrect pronunciation. No, I think that is how you say gay. So Dan, I, I assume you've looked up the translation while that track was playing. You know me oh so well. Yes, so Malchik Gay is actually Russian, sort of a translation for gay boy. Oh. Hmm. I, what's the song all about? So the song is about a girl who wants a gay boy, or, a, or almost a gay boyfriend, I suppose. Do you remember that song? Gay boyfriend, yes. The, my God, that was... That would have been just before Tati, wouldn't it, that song? And I remember the infamous line, I like cigarettes and that's no gag, but you'll always be my favourite fag. How did oh, they get away so with it? so affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something Celine Dion would sing. It's different times. Yes, and I wouldn't really advocate the use of that word now. Um, so what I really like about this one is how acoustic it feels. It's the first one I've heard so far where we're hearing acoustic guitar. I mean, you and I, you know, it's not our favourite instrument per se, is it? It's not, but in the mix, it's a great addition. Yes. You shan't find us at the front of an open mic night. And I have to be honest, my idea of hell, not to mention all the fire, but it's someone getting sitting around the fire and getting their acoustic guitar out and singing a Oasis cover or something like that. And I have to say, thankfully I didn't partake, but I did see a bit of that happening at Glastonbury this year. Hmm. And thankfully it wasn't you. No. Or was, anybody that we knew. No, it was that it was that big surprise guest, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That, that, Someone might not have caught up on the BBC footage yet, so we shouldn't give that away. <laughs> so that was the penultimate track, which means we're now on to the last track on the album. The last track that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, as previously mentioned, there's a few more songs, but there are other versions, various other versions of songs we've already heard. So this... Let's see if it peters out for you, Well, Here we go. This is track number eight, and it stars. Did we ever get this far? 
So, Will, as our album closer, how was that? Do you know what? I know it has petered out slightly, but I still like that. I think because yeah. we haven't had too much of a slower pace through the album. Yeah. And it's not as slow as 30 minutes earlier. I love it just when that bit of woodwind, what I assume to be quite traditional Russian music sound coming in, a bit of woodwind there. Woodwind. Woodwind. Uh, as that comes in, you kind of you know you're onto something a bit different with this song. And then, of course, you've got that rapping, uh, sort of rapping spoken word, sort of nicely distorted as well later. Just it's very atmospheric, this song, in a very different way to the rest of them. And can I take a minute to just to talk about how this album was received? Please. Because it was a very mixed bag. Um, and I, if I had to give it an average, I'd probably give it three out of five. Uh, which doesn't sound that good, but I think there were some more polarised opinions. So, for example, The Guardian gave it four out of five. The, Gar- the Heat gave it nine out of ten. Rolling Stone gave it two out of five. Wow. I think what we have to be mindful of when we're talking about this is how many other huge, worldwide-known Russian artists can you think of? Oh, I can't think of any. Same. So, that clearly, like, Tattoo have done phenomenally well. Secondly sort of on the flip side to that, one of the things I remember about this time is that, of course, they were all over the press. All the things she said was number one. They were performing live at MTV Awards around the world. So they announced some live dates, I think just as the album had been released or even just before, including, and I think it was Earl's Court they were meant to be playing, and it was cancelled due to a lack of ticket sales. Oh. Such a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, because I know that it was gimmicky to start off with, but actually... As hopefully everyone's heard today, you know, there's some brilliant songs on that album as well, but not just on this album. Oh, sounds like you're going to lead on to something sounds else. Sounds like there. a segue. Yes. Yeah, and it is a segue because we've got some further listening. And I think we're very keen to highlight that they weren't just a one album wonder and the whole kind of schoolgirl lesbian thing wasn't just a novelty for mm. the sake of a, a one album and a couple of couple of hit songs. There was There was more to them than that. So, Dan, I think we want to talk about anything else that you want to highlight from Tattoo. Yes, absolutely. Would you like me to go first? I'd love for that to happen. Oh, well, I'll do it. I don't mind at all. So, the song that I am going to choose for my further listening is a little number, a little ditty, called Friend or Foe. We used to love one Friend or foe, Will, I'd love to know what you think to that. I love that. It's from the second album, isn't it? Or the follow-up album to uh, what we've been talking about today. And the thing I love about the follow-up album, it, it could even be almost better than the first album. Yeah. They definitely continued that theme. Even without Trevor Horn, they've definitely carried the baton from Trevor Horn over with these incredibly powerful, energetic tracks. Yeah, it's a very... Similar sound, they work with um, some legends as well, just as they did on the first album. So Trevor Horn, he appears again. But on this song, they worked with Dave Stewart. From the Eurythmics? Yes, the very same. 
And I think it kind of, it showed this one is very much a poppy song. You know, some of that Not Gonna Get Us is not really, it's a bit unorthodox in how it's written. But this does feel a bit more like a standard pop song. And of course, Dave Stewart has written some amazing legendary pop songs. I oh, just want to point out as well, actually, there are some great remixes. If you go on Apple Music or your streaming service of choice and open up the Friend of Foe EP, uh, there's a fantastic remix on there. And there's one, in fact, that's very track-by-track friendly, and it's Morel's Pink Noise Mix. Yes. Top tip there. Uh, and this performed um, uh, European-wise. It was quite well-received in the charts, but in the UK it was number 48. Not as good. Which I felt isn't reflective. No. So, Will, what's your further listening choice? Well, I'm sticking with the follow-up album because there's so many good tracks on there and I'd love to showcase Loves Me Not. So that was Loves Me Not, uh, and it's probably got the strongest chorus um, the Tattoo have ever delivered I mean, uh, in one of their tracks. It's so catchy, isn't it? And it's anyone, whether you're three years old or 93, you could sing along with that. I'd love to see a 93-year-old singing along to that. Well, me too. It's very grungy though, isn't it? When it first starts, it's very grungy. I almost expect you to join the Hells Angels. And mesh your leathers. <laughs> it's, I'm a massive fan of this song. I think it's, it's probably the peak tattoo for me uh, in that this is their niche. This is what they uh, are really good at. And I think this, this song showcases it brilliantly well. But I think definitely check out the whole of that second album, the second English language album, uh, because... Um, that lead track is brilliant as well. It is. And also just to point out that this song, they worked with um, Ed Buller. And he has worked with bands including Suede, Pulp and the Cortinas. So that kind of explains that little bit more of a rocky edge to that one. And he was born in Rygate in Surrey. Oh. Interesting. Do you know it well? Oh, I've been there a few times, yeah. Dabbled. Yeah. Nice place. Lovely. So... That's Tattoo for us. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, we were very excited about this week's episode because uh, I think we'd agreed that there's a big catalogue of music that maybe has been overlooked because of some of the uh, the glitz and the glamour and the controversy of uh, where they'd originated from. Yeah, absolutely. And I think following this episode, I say this quite a lot, this is my new catchphrase, I'm going to go and listen to some more of them from the rest of that second album and third album. You don't listen to much pop music then? Not a big fan not really, fan. it's not my cup of tea now. Uh, no. What do you prefer? A bit of ambient electronica or something like that. Oh, lovely. Hard house, more my cup of tea. Yeah. This is just for the paycheck. I could tell from the tattoo on your head. <laughs> so we're out of time. But do let us know your thoughts at move to trash UK, hashtag track by track. And if you've enjoyed this episode, or indeed any of the past episodes, would love for you to share that on Apple Podcasts. Give it a rating, give it a review. 
And Dan, is Torn Stubbs still going? I believe so, yeah. So that's the Trash Movie, movie podcast. podcast. I always have to think about that. Um, With the lovely Robert and Joshua. Yes. They are talking all things movies um, and lots to catch up on there as well. Also on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and uh, can you give it? It's that time now, Dan. Can you give us a hint of a tease of what's coming up next? Uh, do you want a hint of a tease, or do you want me to just spell it out for you like I usually do? Oh no, no, no! A hint of a tease. Hint of a tease. So this is a supergroup. It's probably the first supergroup we've talked about on the podcast. It is actually, yeah. And it's not the Traveling Wilburys <laughs> <laughs> or the Childliners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they are coming up later in the year. <laughs> For Christmas. Yeah. Um, so this supergroup is made up of someone we've talked about today, actually. Yes. And someone who featured on our third ever episode. And someone who's not sort of an official ongoing member, but there's collaborations with someone who we've talked about. A hell of a lot. Stuart Price. No, I'm not going to say any more. To, <laughs> to say, say any more, more would be, be to, to give, give it away. away. So we'd love to see you again next week uh, for that, for the Supergroup episode. So until next time, I've been Lena Katina. And I've been Julia Volkova. Proche. Proche.